everybody welcome back to the podcast daily it is monday it is a new week on the podcast and it is nfl draft declaration day as ohio state gets its final information and full disclosure it may already have it as we talk about this on a sunday afternoon uh jeremy birmingham and myself austin ward i don't think we've ever received more questions about something that seems more obvious than we have over the last i don't know four or five days as the last remaining piece for ohio state has not made his did not make his intentions public even though we are quite confident as we sit here right now that we know what they're going to be yeah it is weird um you know and and it it's weird for a couple of reasons, because last Monday when you and I were in Los Angeles, we were both told um, from people who had talked to certain people. I mean, this is the way the game works, that there was some momentum uh, happening for CJ to potentially return to school and for Ohio State to be able to put together something that is uh, enough to keep him there while he develops in his final season uh, under Ryan Day. And we were both, I think, skeptical at the time and thought, OK, that's great. Because we were also told at the same time that the that there was also momentum for Paris Johnson to do the same thing, but then Paris announced literally the next morning at like <laughs> eight a.m. So we were expecting CJ to follow suit, and he has not done it publicly. Um, people that I know on the agency side told me that he did sign with an agent on Thursday, so that should indicate that it's a done deal. But for whatever reason, at this point, there has been no announcement. Uh, and again, as you said, it could change by the time this airs on Monday morning. But there are very limited windows of escape once you've signed that, uh, you know, letter of intent, essentially with an agency. So if that's done and done and it's been submitted to the NFLPA and all that stuff, there are no really outs for CJ. So it could just be a matter of Ohio State crafting the perfect goodbye letter or CJ putting together a video or however he wants to do it. But here we are. And, you know, the deadline is approaching. And uh, there's nothing to happen. Yeah, I think it's it's a I don't know the right word amusing. I suppose that we assumed, and going back to the evening of November 26th, it was highly likely uh, that had Ohio State not got into the college football playoff, that that was the last game that C.J. Stroud was ever going to play at Ohio State. That is how the decision has been made for a very long time. So. My assumption would have been that the first announcement of anybody going pro would have come from CJ Stroud. I would never have, I would have lost uh, in, Ohio, in, in Ohio wager on him being the last Buckeye to publicly declare. Um, that part is surprising. And I think what makes it a more entertaining watch is how dramatically the opinion and validation and desire from Ohio State fans to want C.J. Stroud back has changed since they lost in the game. Uh, a lot has changed over the last seven weeks or so, and it went from trashing his legacy and saying that uh, he was going to go down as one of the least successful Ohio State quarterbacks of all time to hoping and clinging to prayers that C.J. might return for one more year. Obviously, the Georgia game changed that, but um, – I time should help have brought some perspective as well that a lot of those losses that people tried to pin on CJ Stroud were not his fault. Yeah. Plus, I mean, just in general terms, it's pretty important or good if a two time Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback <laughs> decides that he wants to play another season. Like you should be, you should want that as a fan. Um, you know, but again, I, we watched last week as Tommy Eichenberg made his decision and saw a number of people saying, well, why now what's going to happen to these other guys that haven't played? Like, 
you're getting back the best player in the country at the, at that position. Why would you possibly complain? But I do think the Georgia game changed things, and I think it changed things for CJ, and I think it changed things for him in a way that he thought, if I can be this quarterback all the time, if, if Ryan Day is going to allow me to do the things I did in this Georgia game, maybe that changes the calculus. Maybe it's an opportunity for CJ to take another year and say, look what I can do. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of Mad TV, remember Stuart? Look what I can do! Look what I can do! Like CJ, Stuart, like CJ showed something in that game to people around the country who had a lot of doubts about him. Now the question is: Is that sample size enough for NFL scouts to make him the number one pick? And I personally think he will be. I I still believe he will be the number one pick in the NFL draft. But I I also know that there was some battle in his. Um, mind and soul about do i do i want this do i want to go now is is the opportunity to continue growing another year under ryan day worthwhile and is it something that uh, he can mitigate the potential um financial loss of with nil and we've heard all the rumors about the dr pepper commercials and you know that that worked out pretty well for dj uyangalale and bryce young over the last couple of years so if if cj does that and wins the heisman all of a sudden you're talking about you know 20 million dollars or something crazy so there is a, a lot of there is a lot of conversation that goes on around it, but again, ultimately, it doesn't matter because if the agency that he signed with last week turns in his paperwork, which again, I see no way they wouldn't have unless he begged them not to for some reason, um, you know, and then that would cost them future representation, I, I guess. But it, it's a uh, it is weird. Again, that's all I'm going to say. It's weird, weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we can run down the list of reasons why or why not to come back. I think it's obvious that CJ Stroud was stung by the fact that he did not win gold pants as a starting quarterback, that he not did not win the big 10 championship as a starting quarterback, that he had Ohio state in position uh, to beat Georgia in the peach bowl, and then likely go out and do the exact same thing to TCU that Georgia did and win a national championship. And then to have all of that in front of him, plus the chance to, go to New York a third time and maybe come home with a trophy like the competitive standpoint you can see all that and we know uh, you know see I, th- I think that CJ's got a lot of that Ryan Day interior uh, you know burning fire that he doesn't let out publicly as much the cool calm Cali kid uh, I think belies some of you know the, the passion inside of him but that's that's another conversation we've had many times before but in terms of the financial impact that's obviously where it becomes more interesting. I don't think that CJ is solely driven by money, but when we're talking about, you know, tens of millions of dollars, and as you said, I don't know if he'll be the number one pick. What's going to have to happen there with the Chicago Bears already having a franchise quarterback in my mind who also came from Ohio State? Um, will they trade that? Does anybody want to trade up? Do they know that they just only have to get to number two? I don't know. That's a bunch of conversation for the next couple months, but the reason that we can have this conversation in a different way than in years past is that we know that Bryce Young made about $4.1 million last year from his endorsement opportunities in NIL. CJ was not uh, far behind uh, and pretty close to that mark without having some of the national uh, ad campaigns that Bryce reportedly reportedly. Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, I guess that's not public information. That's what we believe to be accurate on, uh, according to our sources and we, but we know that CJ Stroud is a millionaire. Um, that's, that's pretty well documented at this point. So it's not just a matter of, could he get roughly 4.1 million 
to come back for one more year. And how does that compare to 30? Because he's already made several million dollars at Ohio State and has a head start on those earnings. So I am, I'm not laying out reasons that he would have come back or was that actually close to doing so, but it is a more interesting conversation. If he had been a late first round pick, then I think it would be a no brainer. You can take guaranteed money at Ohio State and boost your draft stock. But what he did against Georgia changed all of that dramatically, where it's hard for me to imagine that he's not going to be one of the top three picks come April. So in that conversation, 30 million versus seven or eight million at Ohio State over the last couple of years, it the the gap has narrowed, but it's still pretty wide. Yeah. And again, it's not just about money in these decisions. It's about legacy. And CJ, for all of that California cool that you mentioned, that that conversation about legacy is real to him. And it is something that he's um, had to you know, try to sort through over the last two months. Nobody wants to go out and end their career with a loss to Michigan and a loss in the Peach Bowl the way that Ohio State finished that game. Um, but also, there is very common sense here. And it's sort of the adage around college football. If you're a first round or second round pick, you have to go. Like there is no, there, there's no coach in America that's going to say, Hey, don't go. You know what? You're a first round pick. You're going to be top three pick in the draft. You should probably just return for another year. Like any coach who does that is doing himself a disservice because for future players are going to be like, Hey, this coach told me not to leave when I had $25 million in front of me. So it, it is important for Ohio state for CJ to go because he is an opportunity to, to get out there and put the, the, the brand on, on display again. But if he's not ready or if he's been feeling at all, reluctant whatever the reason is whether it's he just wants to play another year with marvin and emeka i mean th there are there are benefits to returning to ohio state such as you get to play with a good team next year instead of a bad team <laughs> um I, I do wonder if there's been conversation between him and justin fields about dude you probably aren't ready for this yet because this is going to suck the life out of you for the next two years as everyone in the country tells you you suck because you're surrounded by a bunch of guys who can't play football like that it, there is some value uh, outside of, of monetarily to returning to Ohio State. You get a chance to win a national championship. You get a chance to beat Michigan again. You get a chance to win the Heisman Trophy. You get a chance to get further developed in college. Or, he's still a young kid. CJ's only 21. Like You still get a chance to do all these things. Plus, you get to play with the best receivers you're ever going to play with for the rest of your life. Um for one more year so it, it there there is no fun in going to the NFL and playing for a crappy team like that is not fun and if you can mitigate that financial impact as i said by adding close to 10 million dollars to your personal bank account in your two final years at ohio state maybe that makes it worth a conversation that uh, four years ago we would have never been having but it does change the calculus yeah and i think that that's that's great that does mean that in terms of current players in college football the best players that were always being really, I mean, sort of taken advantage of with their labor and efforts that that part is working, that the market is rewarding those players and making it so it is more appealing to stay in school. Like anybody that's resistant to, and, and I, I'm not going to put this in the same category or open up this can of worms, but like, obviously the inducement part for recruiting is the unintended consequence and it is creating problems. Well, we can understand all that part, but on this side for current players and for the top end, uh, first round, no brainer talent, the fact that it becomes more of a conversation to stay means the name, image, and likeness is working in favor of those kids. And it, it makes you wonder, you know, <clears throat> thinking back to all the guys who felt like they had to leave right away after one year of starting 
uh, at quarterback or any position. I have to go. I have to get that money. I can't stay in school. How many guys really missed out on things that they wanted to do um, and and should have, frankly, had the opportunity to do so before they were ready to go compete against men and earn millions of dollars uh, and get to a second contract? Like uh, it's that part seems pretty unfortunate in hindsight that people in the NCAA and college presidents and athletic directors stood in the way of that and damaged their own product uh, to whose benefit? Certainly not the student athletes that they're out to protect. So uh, that's the short version of the soapbox. That's why I think CJ Stroud was thinking about this longer and look, Ohio state is in better position than just about anybody, you know, to keep these guys on campus. You know, Luke Whipple did go Paris Johnson went Dewan Jones went uh, CJ Stroud, you know, we saw this coming for quite some time, but guys like Cade Stover or Tommy Eichenberg that Mayan Williams that could have been drafted, um, they could have felt like they had to do that before, and they don't. Lathan Ransom, same deal. So, yeah, uh, and it's just a quick point on Lathan. Like, I don't. People are going to ask. Well, he hasn't made an announcement yet either. Not everyone has to make an announcement. I think is the important thing to take away from this. Like. Some guys, like if they're if he's not making an announcement, just assume he's coming back to school. <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Tommy wanted to make an announcement. Right, right. I think no. he was just like I, I'm going back to school, but I don't want anyone to know or care. So, um, <laughs> not not everyone's going to make an announcement. Lathan is returning to Ohio State. So, anyway, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, you you should. I I yeah, need. That, that's the point. That we we have a a world that is waiting on edge for the best quarterback in the country to make an announcement. It's Sunday afternoon as we record this, as you said. He has not yet made an announcement. I don't know that he's going to make one on Sunday night because why would you make it stacked up against all the NFL playoff games? But, you know, PR is PR. Um, is there value in waiting until the last minute on Monday that you see, like in being the last guy? I don't think so. I, I feel like the NFL world has known this was coming for quite some time. I feel like the Woody Hayes Athletic Center has been preparing for it and working. I mean, the Buckeyes are already back in school. Kyle McCord and Devin Brown are already CJ's not participating in these workouts, right? right. I mean when I when I had Lincoln <laughs> Keenholtz on Bermanology three weeks ago, he said, now that CJ's gone, like yeah. that was before <laughs> that was before that was before the Peach Bowl. So like maybe things have changed, but the, the expectation has always been that he will be moving on. I know uh, from a conversation I had with people inside of the program back in the summer, there was going to be a moment when Ohio state pushed hard to CJ and said, look, being a two year starter is great. You've done every, you've done a lot of great things, but the opportunity to succeed in the NFL, if you're a three year starter in college football is way bigger than those guys who only have two years. So I know that they've been trying that uh, and, and trying to work that angle. And again, it's not to dismiss the fact that there was, in fact, some reluctance or has been some reluctance on CJ's part. I, that is 100% true. But at the end of the day, we both expect that, uh, you know, whether it's the end of Sunday, whether it's the end of Monday, nothing ultimately has changed from what was the plan as of, you know, last spring. Yeah, the, I guess the only other PR or emotional benefit is that, um, you know, we know that CJ maybe pays too much attention to the outside noise and has had to deal with that throughout his career and get better at that and turn off his phone. But maybe he'd get 24 more hours of people hoping uh, and begging him to come back. But outside of that, I don't see what it changes. Yeah. I imagine right now he's back home in California, hanging out with his mom, just relaxing, hanging out with his friends and, and 
enjoying the moment before Monday at some point we'll get an announcement. I, I'd, I'd hope it wouldn't be Sunday night, but we'll see. But as I said, to this point, don't expect anything to change the actual outcome. And if it did happen on Sunday night, guess what? We're going to release this episode just as it is anyway. Because we knew it was, is we were prepared <laughs> to talk about the decision, not the outcome. Okay, the, we're right. talking about the process here. We're talking about all of the <laughs> the wiggles and woggles that went into it. So woggles? The, I don't know what a woggle the, is. The process? Wow, Un, yeah. pun intended, or just a crazy firm accent? Well. I'll, I'll let you decide, I'll, America. Yeah, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> leave that up to you. All right. Uh, wh- what do we got? We got roosters on Monday. Um, we're going to be there. We what do. time? Noonish? Uh, Let's say noon. What do you say noon? Something like that. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. Noon, America. Noon at Roosters <laughs> on Owen Tangy River Road. We'll be there um, for the live show. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. The sort of the season post mortem as uh, you know, it'll be first time getting together with everyone since the national championship. Uh, I don't even want to call it a game. The the whatever yeah. it was happened. Um, so Demolition. join us out there. Join us out there at the stirs. Yep, and then uh, we got some other cool content that we're working on as the off season stuff picks up. Uh, we'll let you in on that in the coming days ahead as Berman and I we, start making some plans for that. Yes, and we should have you know Trace Amigo returning it this week. We hope as well. So <laughs> if you're getting sick and tired of listening to Austin and I, there is at least light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. Yeah, we'll. As hopefully he's getting a couple hours of sleep so that he's ready to get back to it. He he's claiming he's ready already. He said that I don't have to go to the next home basketball game. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. That's a whole nother episode of the podcast. Well, I hope too. he's ready to go next Saturday, Ohio state hosting Iowa. I believe the Buckeyes will be doing their first junior recruiting day of the winter. So uh, Bill should be there for that. If we're talking a little stuff here, there is at least a recruiting day coming up here for the Buckeyes where they're going to have most of the best players in the class of 2024 from around the state of Ohio uh, on campus this coming weekend. So anyway, that's just a little And Berm will have plenty of coverage of that at ohiostate.rivals.com. Uh-oh. Whoop, we I got an earth- my- <laughs> earthquake. <laughs> kicked my tripod. <laughs> Might be. That means it's time for us to wrap it up before everything falls apart in Berm's home studio. For Berm, I'm Austin Ward. This has been the Podcast Daily for Monday. We'll talk to you later.